0: super talk mississippi media production have you been seriously injured mama justice is here for you our medical team partners
1: with top-notch doctors surgeons therapists and urologists ensuring a comprehensive recovery journey if you've been injured call mama justice today we're here for you
0: he's the former president and publisher of the sun herald and now he's on the radio Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast
1: 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. When I saw a post from Jamie Bates, who's been on this show many times, he also has a servant's heart. His ability to connect in a photojournalistic way is just incredible. He sort of I think of, Ted, I think about um, Jamie when you tell your story about how you connect with people and stay connected, etc., um, but when I saw that, I thought I got to get Ted on the f- on the show. And what we're going to do, Ted and I are actually going to plan a show. We're going to come back and tell the entire backstory to this conversation or this this book that he wrote uh, around Jackie Wallace because it's a fascinating story. I think you'll enjoy hearing it. And here is a Mississippian who's done really well. But um, but before the show started, Jeff Duncan. Ha- good morning to you, Jeff. How you doing this morning?
0: Morning, guys. Thanks for having me on.
1: Yeah, this is Jeff's day on on, on uh, the show, but but Ted and Jeff go back a long way. Turns out, the book that I've talked about many times that Ted, excuse me, that that Jeff's in the process of writing with Steve Gleason, which is not a book about ALS, it's a book about life, and of course, Jeff and I've talked about that. It turns out that uh, along the way, Ted's taking some photos of Steve Gleason. And uh, I just thought it'd be a great little connection here to, to talk about where you are with your book and uh, and how talented Ted is in taking a subject like uh, like Steve Gleason and, and, and creating some, some really special images. What's your thoughts about that, Jeff?
0: Well, there's no doubt. I mean, Ted was the first person we thought of when we got the assignment to spend a day with Steve. We knew that Ted had experience and worked with Steve and Michelle before, but... More than anything, uh, Ted has a, an extraordinary eye for portrait photography, uh, the best I've ever worked with in that regard. It's just incredible perceptiveness toward humanity. And there's just, uh, you know, it takes a certain uh, photographer with that skill set to, to work in that situation. Steve and Michelle love Ted, they have great respect for him. So we had an incredible day, I think Ted would would admit. I mean, that day we spent basically documenting a day in the life of Steve Gleason for the readers at The Athletic at the time, uh, I think was an extraordinarily profound day because we got to see from the the minute that Steve Gleason got up in the morning to when he went to bed at night what uh, his life is like. And it is unbelievable this man – does this every single day of his life. Uh, and it was incredible that they let us into that world and, and showed us because it was, there were some extremely vulnerable uh, occasions for, for Steve. And he was willing to share that with the public.
1: Ted, did you realize in, when you were in that moment, of course, I, I mean, this is kind of an obvious question, but our obvious answer that you're, you're in a, not only a vulnerable moment for Steve, but you're in, the presence of a man who's really defining life. Do you feel that when you're around him?
2: Well, when I when I first walked in, um, he was they were getting dressed and having his breakfast, which meant pouring, you know, gruel into a tube. And I've been around a lot of things before, and that didn't shock me. But it shocked me that it was my introduction. You know before any ground rules had been established and and I looked at Steve and I looked at his therapist and I said before I shoot anything I need to know what my parameters are what are what am I what what are the expectations from you and and Steve said through his synthesizer said there are no limits and you know that's that is that's a gift for someone to open their lives to you like that And uh, so I I delicately shot that moment. But as 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 moments went on, and uh, as he was getting dressed, you know, ended up, um, you know, with with Steve being rolled into the shower. And I'm thinking, what's what's going on here? What 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 kind of pictures can I shoot? That's delicate and and very meaningful. And and to watch the therapist work with him, uh, and dressing him and. And everything were powerful moments. They were just powerful. And uh and Steve was okay. And he's he's he because he trusted me. And that's that's the responsibility a photojournalist gets in that kind of moment. Um so you know people often get the idea that that if you do certain things in certain order And if you live a certain kind of life and you surround yourself with certain people and you have enough money and you do this, do that, then your life is going to be great. And you're going to just skate through uh, with, you know, rainbows and and, um, and, and never having trouble. Well, that's not what life is about. And once we understand that and accept that about our own paths – and start welcoming whatever comes our way. Because the answer to life is about how we deal with these things. Steve is the example, right? He, he shows us the grace and the poise and the impact that you can have, even in times of horrible circumstances. Uh, it's, it's just a wonderful example to see, and I'm so glad Jeff's writing this, this book and, uh, and being a part of that.
1: Uh, I can't help but think, Jeff, that as we celebrated Martin Luther King jr's uh, birthday this this uh, past week or this week, excuse me. Um, one of the things he said is life's most persistent and urgent question is, what are you doing for others? And um Steve Gleason could not be any more selfless in the way he presented himself to Ted. And the way he's focused on this book because his desire, his 100% desire in life now, is to help others however he can.
0: 100%. I mean, I just had this conversation with Steve and Michelle yesterday about our book project. And, uh, you know, they're adamant that this is not a Hallmark greeting card book. They want to expose all their human flaws. I mean, Steve will constantly say, oh, You're making me. Out to be too much of a hero, you know. I want to show the world that I'm flawed and I have weaknesses, just like everyone else. That's how you resonate with people. They can identify with someone uh, like Steve going through this terrible, uh, you know, adversity that he and Michelle and I think it's important to, to to note. Michelle is very much a part of this book. I mean, she's a strong character in our book. And Steve wants it that way. I mean, really, it's more of their story than just Steve's story. Uh, And and they both are incredible in in what Ted said earlier about uh, allowing us into their world and willingness to be open and candid and vulnerable. I mean, that is a true gift. Very few people are willing to do that, but they know that is what is necessary to connect with everybody and to make an impact on people's lives. And that's what they want out of this book more than anything else is impact people's lives. So when they come into these uh, adverse situations, and it, it, it's probably not going to ne- be nearly as extraordinarily challenging as ALS is, but whatever, it, this book is about handling life, as, as Ted said, and, and Steve and Michelle are a shining example
1: of that. One last uh, question, Ted, before we move on. Um, This notion of legacy and greatness and the power of the human spirit, you know, when you sense all those things in Steve's presence, you realize you're part of something that's so much greater than yourself, don't you?
2: No doubt. And, And just being there and and uh watching the day-to-day activities you know we uh, went with him to the saints game that on a monday night and and walked with him you know in the park when his wheelchair is stuck in the mud and michelle's pushing and and uh you know uh son rivers is trying on his gleason jersey and you know those quiet moments you you just see uh such a presence And, and jeff you'll remember uh, I was so humbled at dinner time when Steve, before they ate, he asked the question, you know, what is your what was your greatest challenge today and how did you deal with it? And went around the room, went around the table and everyone responded what that answer would be. And I had to answer, too. <laughs> yep. And um, it was a powerful moment that that's the way Steve lives. He he, he wants other people to understand that uh there's some power within you that is greater than yourself and and we're part of something much bigger.
1: Hey hey Jeff, just one final thought about Ted. Um, I said to him when we were off the air that he has a smoothness about him. I I said smooth as silk. But <laughs> God you see you see the connection between his art of photojournalism, his his role as a photojournalist, and the connection it has to his heart and soul. It's so—he wears it on his sleeve, and you can see it. It's there for everybody to see. But it also results in images that are incredibly special.
0: Yeah, I think Ted would agree. I mean, journalism, photojournalism, it's all just a people business how you deal with people and the respect you show to your subjects uh you earn that trust as ted has with steve michelle and all of his subjects but it really gets down to just relationships and how you treat others and uh, ted's as good as anybody i've ever worked with in that regard and it shows in the quality of his work
1: boy does it does hey ted bless you my friend i hope you uh have continued success. I look forward to having you back on Coast View in the next week or two, where we'll talk in more detail the backstory for uh, Jackie Wallace. But until then, have a great day, my friend.
2: Thank you, guys. Great seeing you.
1: You bet. Hey, when we come back in the final segment, we'll squeeze in a little bit what's the latest in the Saints world. We'll see you after this.
2: So, listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say Alexa. Open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast.
0: This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1.
1: Welcome back to Coast View. As uh, we were saying during the break, uh, Jeff and I. You know this this incredible perspective we get from looking at the lives of people like Steve Gleason, the way he's living his life, and this book that that Jeff is writing about uh, about Steve and his wife, and really the team that's around them and their determination to send a message to the world that no matter what you're going through in your life, you can overcome it and still find a way to live. Uh, but that was fun to to kind of reflect with Ted a bit, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, Ted is so good. I mean, uh, we're. Just, I was just so lucky to work with people like him uh, and an extraordinary level of professionalism that he conducted himself with. His, his photos are really like artwork and uh, uh, he's just exceptional in everything he does. Every time I work with him, he's able to you know, make the subject relax. It's not easy to have a photographer in your face with a camera. He makes them relax and that, that's because of his special... Uh, Human humanity that he has
1: Yeah that was great thanks for your Thanks for your input and for letting us have some of your Time to tell uh, his Connection to Steve Gleason and to you for that for that matter so uh, Man it's the offseason there's a swirl of Stuff that's happening around the Saints as we Speak kind of where are we Right now and where do you think all this is headed
0: Well I mean the the staff In in the brain trust I should say Mickey Loomis uh, Dennis Allen the head coach Jeff Ireland Head of personnel uh, they're all meeting and evaluating this week. and so uh, the evaluations cover the, not only the roster but also the coaching staff and we've already seen one move, Dan Rochar, the longtime offensive assistant, he basically was a running game coordinator who's kind of half of the offensive coordinator. he, he oversaw the running game, uh, was let go uh, last night uh, you know early this week. and um, that's, that's a shame to me because Dan was a really good guy. He's a very good coach. He's the second-longest tenured offensive assistant. But there's just some harsh changes that are going to have to be made if the Saints are going to fix this offense. And Dan, unfortunately, is the first shoe to drop in that uh, makeover, but I don't think he's the last by any means.
1: Yeah, saw. I mentioned to you before we started the show that I was on an NFC fans page on, on Facebook, and there was a bit of a feeding frenzy around Carmichael. Uh, uh, he's uh, he's becoming sort of the the symbol fall guy for this past season, isn't
0: he? Yeah, and it's it's just unfortunate. I mean, I've known Pete a long time, and he's an outstanding coach, and uh, he knows this is how the business works. Uh, I, I do think the Saints will end up eventually making a change in their offensive coordinator, but I think they're going to take their time there. Uh, there's there's some concern I think internally uh, about who they fine to replace him if they do go in that direction. So I think they want to take their time. They know it's a big decision. I think Dennis Allen needs to needs to be clear and define exactly what his offensive philosophy is going to be going forward. I think that's a big decision for him as a young head coach. If they're going to be this uh, you know defensive-minded team that leans on special teams and defense, which is probably the smart way to go considering that's the strength of this team, then I think they need to identify what they're Offensive philosophy is going to be probably isn't going to be the Sean Payton offense. It might be something a little more like we see in Baltimore with the Ravens and in that type of team. So I think there's a lot of big decisions to be made here in the next few days.
1: Yeah, speaking of the Ravens, um, I heard someone say the other day that Lamar Jackson may not be a Raven next year. What's your what's your read on yeah,
0: that? I don't think there's any way he goes back there after. Tweeting out the other day's injury situation—that was that to me seemed like a severed relationship. Um, I don't think Lamar Jackson will end up in New Orleans. I mean, he's going to cost a lot of money, uh, but someone's going to pluck him up because he's an extraordinary, unique talent.
1: In fact, who said that was was uh, it was Sean Payton? <laughs> Sean Payton. Yeah. You know that that if you did that working for Sean, I don't care how good you were. You're, you would be viewed as breaking rank and there's no way to get back into the ranks, would there be?
0: No, no, that, that's, that, that's a sign that their relationship has kind of reached a, a breaking point, I think. And, uh, you know, speaking of Sean, I mean, uh, his sweepstakes, we've been talking about that a lot. That's maybe the biggest story in the NFL right now because it impacts so many markets. I mean, I had my column this week kind of updating where that stood and, Ricky, I'm getting bombarded by reporters and media outlets in Denver and Charlotte and uh, Houston. Everyone wanted to know where Sean Payton's going to go. Arizona as well. So it's it's a huge story right now. and He's going to interview Thursday with David Tepper, Carolina Panthers owner, in Charlotte. And I think that's one to watch. David Tepper's a hedge fund guy, made billions, very aggressive. I think he has an open wallet. He's competitive. And they're trying to build a new stadium in Charlotte. So they need to make a splash. And Sean Payton would certainly be a splash. But the way I look at that deal, just think about this for a second. If you're Sean Payton and you go to Carolina, your your legacy in New Orleans is a little tarnished, at least among certain segments of the fan base, because you went to a division rival. And then if you're Mickey Loomis and let that happen, man. And all of a sudden, Sean Payton starts beating you twice a year. <laughs> Your legacy's in trouble. I
1: look at that as a lose lose. We'll talk more about that uh, next week, but that that is the that is the story. And they would have to put everything, including the kitchen sink, on the table to make that happen. That is for sure. Incidentally, uh, the Charlotte Stadium. I actually watch it get built. I spent a lot of time in Charlotte when I worked for Knight Ritter, and um, it's funny, you know, that already they're talking about. I say already. That's how long ago I was there, but they're already talking about building a new stadium. But uh, a lot of a lot of amazing things happen in Charlotte, and a lot of rich guys in Charlotte. And uh, I bet they do actually build that stadium before it's over. With hey Jeff, we'll uh, we'll spend more time on Saints, and we'll talk about the Pelicans as well next week when we when we get together. But uh, keep your nose to the grindstone, grindstone, and keep us informed, my friend.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me on, Ricky. We'll
1: talk next week, buddy. It's been a a fun show. Thank you, my friend. We'll see you uh, next Monday. Have a great weekend.
0: (laughs) Follow
2: Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash
0: Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.